Welcome to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. We're back for 2022. Yes, another season, our fourth one. This is the first time you listen to us. Welcome. And if you're joining us again from last year, welcome back. Happy to be here. And this is a podcast that I feel like, even if you're just a typical NASCAR fan that doesn't really gamble, Still could have some fun with it, the stuff we talk about, all the drivers and, and what to expect in the upcoming race. And if you're not a NASCAR fan and you're here because you're a gambler, well, you're in the right spot because we're going to talk about how to win some money on these races. So best of both worlds, and that's why we're here. So happy to be here for another season. We did have a preseason episode breaking down some future bets, which are still available. So if you're listening to this before the 500. Make sure you check that episode out if you want to play some of the season-long bets and uh, get in on those. But on today's episode, let's talk about that. We are going to start with some takeaways from the clash in L.A., some good stuff that we saw there and some bad things that we want to call out and keep our eye on. But, of course, the main reason why we're here, the biggest race of the year, Daytona 500, we are going to talk about What's so great about this race and get to some track stats, some values, the strategy for betting this race, and then get to some picks. Who do we like to win on the money line? And then also some finishing position bets as well. Some things that I'm loving in that section. So all good stuff. That's typically how we do it. Winners to win the race, some finishing position, some props there. And then we talk head-to-heads, and this week we are lucky enough to be joined by Derek at Picks by Blaze on Twitter and Instagram. Um, he's joining us once again to talk some head-to-head matchups. We're going to get Derek's full um, card for this week, his, his feel on what to expect for the 500, but we are going to go and do a full-tank face-off where we break down some head-to-head matchups, and we'll get into that further when we bring Derek on. So, Really looking forward to to everything there. Uh, And before we get to any of that, I just want to mention I was lucky enough to jump on with the guys from the Flag Hunting Podcast uh, earlier this week to talk the Daytona 500 as well with those guys. And uh, give that podcast a listen if you uh, haven't found that yet. They do a great job. They talk NASCAR and golf. Just a couple buddies bouncing picks off of each other, experts in their respective sports. So um, I had an absolute blast talking with those guys the other night. A lot of fun and uh, hopefully a lot of good picks that we're making there. So um, if you did listen to that already, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of those picks and more. So let's get to it. Starting with the Clash, okay, this is an exhibition race. So we don't want to analyze this too much. But I do think there are some takeaways that we can gather from this. First and foremost, it was fun to watch a heat race um, in a NASCAR Cup Series race. Like, to have those heat races, the last chance qualifiers, those were really fun. And the super short tracks. I mean, to be honest, the heat races are why I loved Eldora when that was on the track for the trucks. Um, Makes it so much fun. So I'm glad that they did that. I hope that they continue to do that. Whether it's at the Coliseum or not, I think that the heat races at a super short track in the Cup Series works. And whether it's exhibition or not, you know, maybe you add that into the, the full schedule. But 
any case, that seemed to work out. Everyone on NASCAR Twitter uh, who works in and around the sport seemed to be just having glowing reviews on that race altogether. So uh, I guess it was a success. It sounds like they're going to go back there next year and sounds good to me. So the winner was Joey Logano. And I was a little upset by this. Um, Logano, he is someone that I had picked out kind of uh, as a guy for the 500. But what I found in doing some analysis after the clash was that the winner of the clash almost has a bit of a jinx. The clash jinx. Uh, They, on average, don't win their first race of the year until about the 10th race or so. And they only average about two wins in a year, a couple guys didn't even win at all. So the only time it's ever happened where they won the Clash and the 500 was Denny Hamlin, and I believe it was 2016. So a little ways back, and of course it's Denny. So Logano's going to have to, you know, buck some history there if he's want to pull that off. So I was a little upset by seeing that, but um, you know he showed that you know he wasn't worth a damn in practice or qualifying, and then all of a sudden he, he shows up and uh, he he. he makes himself known in the heat races and the the main race. So good on Logano. He kind of woke up there. Another guy that I was happy with was Tyler Reddick. He's someone I have a season bet on winning a race, and he looked strong, like really strong. He was the car to beat before he had that malfunction. So just a a younger driver, a smaller team. You want to see that type of success, even if it's an exhibition race. It's just a feather in the cap that can feel confident. Another guy that can feel confident, Kyle Busch. You know, we said in the preseason race, looking at the future bets, this is a guy who's going to benefit from practice and qualifying. And that's he got a lot of it and had the car to beat in practice and qualifying and most of the race. So Kyle Busch looking strong off the bat. Two guys I was not thrilled with. Brad Keselowski. Like, what was he doing? Completely out to lunch. Didn't even make it to the main race. Got cut after the last chance qualifier, and he was not even in contention. Like, it wasn't even like he was battling. He was just a non-factor that entire day. So, rough day, you know, for that team? I I don't know. Um, Maybe they just didn't want to be there, but it was embarrassing, really. I I really thought that they were going to come out swinging, trying to say, like, hey, here we are, you know, in the sixth car. Nope, did not get it done. And his person that replaced him in the two car, Austin Sindrick, let me down as well. He was also a non-factor, also didn't make it to the main race. So I, I expected more out of him, especially when his Penske buddies, you know, did show a little bit of speed towards the end of uh, the race there. And, you know, had Logano winning the damn thing. So Sindrick, as a rookie, I don't want to overreact, but wasn't thrilled with somebody uh, who I've got a season win bet on them as well and Penske. I need him to step it up, you know, and, and so quick gut reactions to a, a race that means nothing. Uh, but still, you know, hopefully it's not setting the tone for a, a bad season. So that was the clash. Happy with how it went down and um, even happier that we're moving on now to talk about the 500. So if you're new to NASCAR, maybe you're not really a NASCAR fan or just new to gambling on NASCAR, this is one of the best races to, to bet on all year, really, because A, you've got the hype of the 500. Everyone calls it the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Kind of cringe when I hear that, but 
Um, it is what it is. Like it's got the fanfare. It's got all the attention, all the eyes on it. Everyone's going through that hangover from the Super Bowl being over. Well, here comes NASCAR with their big event. So you got to love that. But it's fun because anybody can win. Anybody. That is not the case throughout the year. It's really just four races. The four super speedways, Daytona and Talladega, both races. Anyone has a chance. And so it's great to start the year like that. And what that means to the gambler is that the odds are totally inflated. Like on a typical NASCAR race, the favorite's probably going to go off around plus 400. Maybe even lower than that, plus 350. This weekend, the favorite is plus 850. So you get longer odds because it's tougher to win because there's more guys that could possibly pull it off. And it allows you to kind of spread your picks out and maybe hit on a super long shot. Last year, Michael McDowell, plus 6,600, absolute long shot. We had him for a top 10, but there were people out there who hit that big number. I mean, that's what you get at a racetrack like this and with this type of fanfare, you know what I mean? Going down to the end of the 500, you might get some people... Um, battling a little bit differently than they would towards the end of Talladega. I don't know if that's 100% true, but it's the 500, for God's sake. You're going to have a little bit more to risk. So that's what makes it fun. You got the values. Everyone can have a chance to win this race. And so as the gambler, is an opportunity here for a pretty big payday, depending on how you place your bets. So let's take a look at the track stats for Daytona. We do this to start every race. 149 races. So I guess this is the 140. 50th race at Daytona in the history of the Cup Series. Um, the winner has started on the pole 26 times. So we've got qualifying back this year, practice and qualifying for the whole season. And so that's that's good stuff. Uh, the winner has started in the top five 50% of the time, which is a little bit shocking because, like we said, the winner can come from really anyone in the field and so you kind of think of the super speedways as a track that, you know, you don't have to be starting up front, but 50% of the time they're starting in the top five and starting in the top 10, 76% of the time. I do think some of those numbers were from early on in the Daytona days, but uh, in any case, those are the stats. The winners have started outside of the top 20 12 times. And the last time it happened was Denny Hamlin in 2020. Uh, so, you know, last time, Someone started from the pole and won was Dale Jr. in 2015, but that was the summer race. In the 500, Dale Jarrett did it in 2000. So don't put too much stock in the qualifying just because, um, you know, that stat says it all, but you still have the duels to go through, and, and I'll talk more about that with Derek later on. Um, so the mix of manufacturers winning the race is a pretty good one. We've got in the last 10 races, four Fords have won and three each for Chevy and Toyota. Um, Ford swept last year in 2021. So we'll talk more about Ford. I'm a big fan of them at this racetrack right now. They just kind of have the hot hand at the moment. So that's the, the manufacturer trends at Daytona. So strategy to kind of how to play this race, because you know, the, the stats, when you're perusing through the stats for the different drivers, they're not as high as you're going to see. Like if you're looking at driver rating, for example, that's a stat that I look at week to week. The driver ratings at Daytona, the, the best guy is 89.2. That's way lower than you're going to see at other tracks where it's well over 100. So that's because it's so hard 
to have consistency at this racetrack because somebody, unbeknownst to you, you could be riding along, having the greatest day, minding your P's and Q's, and you get caught up in someone else's wreck. So it's so hard to find that consistency, makes it hard to find someone to really bet on and throw your money behind. So a lot of times what I would suggest at a track like this is have more of a shotgun approach to everything. You know, take the amount of money that you're willing to spend on this race and spread it out. So if a guy gets wiped out or he actually wrecks, you still have some other horses in that fight. And um, that's kind of how I'm going to be approaching it this week as well. So we got the, the picks to win, you got the finishing position bets, and then the head-to-heads. I like having it all over the place um, because it just makes it more fun watching the race. You know, all these eyes on it, you want to be walking away with some money as well. Set yourself up for a great season with the 500, you know, cashing in because you do have that opportunity. So without further ado, let's start making picks and start you know, discussing why we like certain guys at certain values, because I'm going to go kind of more in the the shorter end of the odds, but I do have a, a super long shot to talk about for a good reason. So I'll start with Denny Hamlin. He is the odds on favorite to win the race on DraftKings. He's going off at plus 850. You can get him at various odds. Some sports books have him at like plus 900. I don't think he's going off 10 to one anywhere. Um, but plus 850 is kind of like right in the middle. And, you know, he's the favorite. You can get him plus 210 to finish top three. So if you're, you know, a little nervous about him winning the race, plus 210, pretty solid. But um, I'm just going to go all in on Denny here. So last year kind of taught me something. And that was don't be afraid to pick the favorite. Because in years past, I was always kind of like, all right, well, here's the favorite. I'm not picking him right? Because you want the best value. But last year, it was a different type of uh, gambling year. I, I actually won a lot of money betting on the favorite last year because, hell, you know, they're a favorite for the reason. So Denny at this racetrack, he is that guy. Three career wins at Daytona, all in the 500. It's like, you know, when the, the lights are bright, he is there. And on top of that, if you want to look at his career at more of a high level, he, I would say he's in his prime right now. I mean, you know, the last few years, six wins, seven wins, two wins last year, but he pointed everybody to death. Like, he was leading the points with no wins, but he was just performing out of his mind. So, you know, that being said, he's a, a really good candidate at Daytona, and he's the that's the reason why he's the favorite. His driver rating is fifth in the last ten races. His average finish is third out of everyone, 13.2. But here's the thing about Denny. When you're looking at average finish, you know, third in average finish, 13.2, is the last 10 races. If you focus on the last five Daytona 500s, like I said, he steps up in the big stage. He jumps to first in that category. 5.4 is his average finish at Daytona in the 500. I mean... That's unbelievable. That's incredible. Because like I said before, you could get wiped out any moment. But he seems to find a way at this race to really be there in the end. He's always able to read things. And if he needs to back up, he'll back up. If he needs to take the lead, he takes the lead. He knows how to let the race come to him. And and that's kind of something that's intangible. Like you can't really spot that looking through the stats. But um, you see that his stretch at Daytona is just crazy. He, you know, going back multiple races here, he's got a stretch of first, 
Then he had a rough one, 26th, then first, third, and fifth at Daytona. So I would hate to avoid Denny strictly because he's the favorite when he's just got so much great experience at this racetrack. Um, so if he went out and won the race and I didn't bet on him, I would just you know absolutely hate that. So Denny plus 850, he's uh, you know the odds on favorite for a reason, and I'm not afraid to take him to start us off. The next guy I'm going to take is somebody that I've been thinking about since Christmas. Like whenever the odds dropped for the 500, they dropped really early, and they haven't changed to win the race really at all on DraftKings. Um, Ryan Blaney plus 1200 is where he opened, and that's where he sits right now. Plus 130 to finish in the top five. I like to call him Bridesmaid Blaney. He's finished second in the 500 twice in 2017 and 2020. He's someone that, you know, I've, I've just had on my mind because he's got the stats. He's got everything. He's won at Talladega. It just seems to make sense. He's been so close. I need to ride with him this week because this definitely could be the week. So looking at his stats at Daytona in his career, in his last 10 races, he has one win three top fives, and five top tens. 50% of the time, he's finishing in the top 10 at Daytona. At a normal racetrack, that's pretty good. At Daytona, that is very good. Um, it's, it's tough to find people like that. His driver rating is second on the circuit, 88.1, and his average finish is 10th, 18.1. But he's improving in the 500, where, you know, if you're just looking at those 500 stats, the, the light shining bright, like I said about Blaney, or excuse me, I said about Denny, Blaney's there as well, as his average finish improves in the 500 from 18.1 at all Daytona races to 14.1, which is eighth best in that category. So he's finding his footing on super speedways. He won in the summertime last year at Daytona, the last regular season race, which is a, a wild race to win, right? You got a lot of guys clamoring to get in the playoffs. Well, he was able to get it done and he didn't even need to get it done, but he still did. He's won a couple times at Talladega, so he's really, you know, figuring it out. And I personally feel like Ryan Blaney is due for a big year. And it starts right here at Daytona. His odds are very solid. Plus 1,200 is a great number for a Ford, right? We mentioned how Fords are uh, the manufacturer that has it going on right now. Well, you know, mark it down. That 12 car, he's going to be there in the end. And uh, I really feel it. And if you're a little skeptical, you know, you still think he could be bridesmaid Blaney, take him at the plus 130 value to finish in the top five, because then you won't be disappointed there if he does just barely miss out once again. So Blaney, I'm putting a lot of stock in him this week. Um, I, I do really feel good things about that driver this year, but also specifically during the 500. So you could be saying to yourself, all right, well, you know, made such a big deal about how anybody could win, and you're taking a couple of big-name guys, right? Blaney and, and Hamlin, they're up towards the top of the odds list. Well, I got a wild card for you if you want a long shot. And I did speak with Chris on the Flag Hunting Podcast about this guy, and it's Justin Haley. Okay, On DraftKings, he's going off at plus 3,500. He's plus 400 for a top five, plus 100 for a top 10. And Chris was telling me that he is going off on FanDuel at plus 4,800, which is just like insane. So Justin Haley is a rookie this year. If you're not too familiar, he has been around through using colleague racing's cars 
and uh, Inspire Motorsports, I believe, uh, before that. But he's a super long shot pick, but doesn't make sense to me why he's a super long shot pick. He's got three career cup starts at Daytona and won one of the races. So he has a range-shortened win, but, you know, it wins a win, 2019. That's when he got it done. And he also finished 13th in the 2020 500 and 6th last summer. Those are good numbers, like for anyone. And it's this guy who's a rookie who only has a couple starts with, I guess you could call it lesser equipment. Now he's in a full-time ride with Colleague Racing. You know, look at those three uh, races. His average finish out of that is 6.7, which is, if you count it towards everyone else, it's second on the circuit. So that that's not bad at all. And he finished all three of the races. That's the thing. It's so hard to finish a race here because everybody gets squirrely at the end and, and causing problems. Um, he was able to finish those races. So he doesn't make mistakes. If you look at Xfinity's numbers when he was there, he is legit there as well. He's got two wins, three top fives, four top tens in seven races in the Xfinity series. It just, he is someone who clearly is screaming, hey, I know how to get it done on super speedways. I know how to get it done at Daytona. And the odds are not reflecting that. The sports books just see him as a rookie, see him in a new ride, that 31 car for college racing, and they're just, you know, kind of overlooking him. Well, this is your opportunity. Bet all of those if you want to win top five, top 10, all that stuff. It's right for the picking. And, uh, you know, I, I, on the flag hunting podcast, Chris was kind of saying like he, he's the next Denny Hamlin, it seems like. And I don't hate that statement. Like that is something that you could see years from now. He's just another guy who sees the the track really well. So I'm comfortable betting him to win the race. This is a nice, comfortable long shot. I There are other guys that I'd feel a little weird about, but I like what I've seen about this guy in his short career and his Xfinity career. So, so he's a lesser-known guy who just knows how to get it done. Mark it down. Justin Haley, plus 3,500. So to recap, in total, the three picks we're calling out to win the race, Hamlin plus 850, Blaney plus 1200, and Haley plus 3500 on DraftKings. Buggity, buggity, buggity! Let's go racing, boys! So let's talk finishing position picks this week at Daytona, and I just want to call out a couple things before we start talking about specific drivers. I want to say that anyone that I talk about liking on this podcast – I would also feel comfortable taking to win the race. Like I mentioned to start the podcast, anyone can get it done. Um, I mentioned three guys a second ago who I will take to win the race, but um, these next few guys, it would not shock me whatsoever if they were in victory lane, like point blank. And when we talk with Derek, you know, anybody that I'm talking about in a head-to-head matchup, if there's a reason I like someone, I'll say it. And if I think they can win the race, I'll call it out. And these guys, you know, in a crazy world, I could see it. And, you know, we're going to talk about one guy who kind of proved that point just a year ago. A little spoiler alert. But one other thing I'll mention before we get into this, I'm choosing three picks here that are all top tens. And the reason for that is because the odds, there's something with the sports books this week, right? Because it's supposed to be that the odds are inflated, so you get better value for these picks. But top 20s, are really what I was super interested in at the end of last season. The odds were very fun, taking guys that are kind of off the beaten trail. And at Daytona, you should think that you're getting, you know, a bunch of guys 
at good value there to take a shot because it, it's a crapshoot if people will even finish the race. Well, not the case, at least on DraftKings, because their top 20 odds are just crazy. There are guys that I don't think have a shot in hell of finishing in the top 20, and their odds to do it are like minus 170. So it's not fun this week to take top 20s. That's why I'm not calling anybody out. Um, if you want somebody at plus value, there's only five guys on the, the sheet that are plus value, and Todd Gilliland is the first guy's plus 100. So if you want to have a little fun, maybe I will throw a little bit on Todd. Not doing any research on him. I know he's a, a truck guy. I'm a big truck fan, but, um, you know, no concept as to how he is at Daytona. But that's the point I'm trying to make here is the top 20s are just so weird this week. So I'm going to avoid them. So we're going to stick with top 10s. And to get it going, I'm going to go with Michael McDowell because we called him out last year. Not only did he get us the top 10 pick, but he won the damn race. And that's why I say things like, hey, any of these guys can get it done. And the sports books are so quickly forgetting what happened last year. I mean, we were all over him. He loves Daytona. Something about it. He walks in. His middle name just changes to Michael Daytona McDowell. It, it's, it's just crazy. In his career, one win, three top fives, Four top tens in his last 10 races. His average finish compared to everyone is fifth, 14.1. And in the 500, it jumps to third, 8.8. That win obviously jukes that stat a little higher, but he got it done. And he was in it to win it. And to be there, you need to be on that last lap. Michael McDowell has more lead lap finishes at Daytona in the last 10 races than anyone in the circuit. He has eight of them. Okay, and last summer, he had a malfunction early on in the race. So that was one of them. So we had nine for 10 heading into that race. So Michael McDowell, he is worth the value at plus 200 to finish in the top 10. It's just crazy to me. I thought for sure, when he won that race, I thought for sure we were never going to get good value on McDowell at Daytona ever again. Not the case. Not the case at all. Now, to kind of prove my point about the top 20s, you know, if the, if the top 10s are a little too uh, crazy for you for McDowell, because the win was really kind of an outlier as far as top 10s are concerned. He hasn't had a, a top 10 in a while before that. But top 20, he's minus 250, and that's just too much. So I'm riding plus 200 from McDowell for the top 10. I think he can go out. He can be there in the end. Ford strong, right? That's what we talked about. The Ford's going to be there, and uh, I think he can – you know, make some more magic. So McDowell, lock me in. The next guy I'm going to talk about is also somebody that I could easily see win, winning the race. His value is plus 100 to finish in the top 10, and his name is Chris Busher in that 17 car. All right. He is tied with Hamlin and Blaney for most top 10s at Daytona. Okay. That is a crazy stat if you're looking at it. Like, who would have thought that he'd be up there? He's got 10 of them. I'll go through those stats in a second. But, you know, Daytona, even years in the 500, in the 2018 500, he finished fifth. 2020 500, he finished third. So what does that mean this year? 2022, does that mean a win? That's how the pattern would continue. But uh, I know we look for patterns and all. That might be a bit of a stretch. But it tells you there's something there. Three top fives, five top tens. 
in his last 10 races here. His average finish, average finish excuse me, is sixth out of everyone. Chris Busher we're talking about. We're not talking about, you know, Kyle Busch or, you know, Kyle Larson, any other big names. No, we're talking about Chris Busher. 15.4 is that average finish. He's got two DNFs, one DQ, and one part failure. So that, you know, really, if you look a little bit further into it, he keeps it relatively clean, you know? I mean, the DQ can't help, and and the part failure, not his fault. So two DNFs, gets caught in the wrecks. He is not too shabby at keeping it clean, and that's what we're looking for here to get these top 10s because, in my mind, if you're on the lead lap, if you survive the chaos and the big one, and you're able to maneuver through the crap at the end, you have a very good shot at being in that top 10. So plus 100 for Chris Buescher. Lock me in. I mean, he's someone I really hold in high regard, not just this race, but this season as well. I really want to see what that what this season has in store for him in this new you know, next-gen vehicle. We'll see how that works out for him. The last guy I'm going to call out here is someone that I really wanted in a top 20 bet, but he's minus 150. I can't take him. But you might think I'm a little crazy here. I talked about this on Flag Hunting with Chris and Ian over there. Ty Dillon. We talked about him a little bit. I'm going to go into more of a rant about him right now because he's plus 350 to finish in the top 10. It is possible, okay? If you're just thinking, oh, my God, why did I click on this podcast? This guy has no idea what he's talking about. Don't don't stop it just yet, all right? That plus 350 value, I mean, that's why we bet on 500 drivers. Like, this is what it's all about. He hasn't had a cup start since 2020. All right. He got his boot from the Jermaine Racing, the 13 car, and he hasn't been. He's been fighting to get back up in the series. Now he's there again, riding the 42 car for Petty GMS. So I'm happy to see him back. And I'm happy to see him back because I like betting on him at super speedways. It's like something I usually look to do. He's got eight starts at Daytona. His average finish is 19.1. But. Going back five races, okay, he had three straight top 10 finishes, sixth, sixth, and fourth. Then, you know, most people would probably say, you know, well, the magic's gone. It was so far ago. No, no, no. Because after that, the most two recent races for Ty Dillon, he doesn't look good on the box score, but he got into wrecks very late in the race. On one of them, it was the last lap, all right? So, his lead lap finishes, I mean, he's there in the end. That's really what you need to know about Ty Dillon. And if he's there in the end, you know, he's in the mix. That's what the bet's all about. It's going to be a big payday. You're taking a shot anyway, plus 350. I want, this is what Daytona is all about. Long shots in the mix. Ty Dillon has that ability. He will give you that. And I think he's just foaming at the mouth. He's so happy to be back in this series because I know that he was dejected when he got cut and you know was trying to find a, a way back to it well they got it and he's got a teammate in eric jones uh at petty gms that is also pretty good at super speedway races as a, a win as well so they can bounce things off of one another i think this is going to be a really good um partnership there you know he's not going to be in it every single weekend he's really not going to be much of a factor um at the intermediate tracks Probably not most of the short tracks, but at super speedways, you've got to give Ty Dillon a look. And I think most people are overlooking him because they kind of forgot about him. Well, I'm not. So mark me down plus 350 to finish in the top 10. 
and maybe if I get drunk enough on Saturday night, maybe I'll throw in minus 150 to finish top 20. So those are the picks. McDowell plus 200, Busher plus 100, and Ty Dillon plus 350 to finish in the top 10 this weekend at Daytona. All right, all right, all right. So this is where we typically jump into some of the head-to-head matchups and break them down, but I am thrilled to kick off the season with Derek. You can find him at PicksByBlaze on Twitter and Instagram. Contributes to bettingpros.com. Happy to have him on board to pick his brain about the 500. Who does he like? You know, who's on his radar? And then we will get into some head-to-head picks with the full tank face-off, which we will explain when we get into it. So buckle up and let's welcome in Derek. All right. So now we will welcome on once again, you know him from last season. He's on multiple times, including the season finale, the championship race. We've got Derek here with us at Picks by Blaze on Instagram and Twitter. Derek, thanks again. Kicking off the season with us. Great to have you. Absolutely. Yeah. Happy to be back. Thanks for uh, having me on. Can't wait for this weekend. Very excited. And uh, it just, you know, everyone makes a joke that this is the Super Bowl of uh, NASCAR. You know, I try to not use that analogy, but I'll tell you what, it feels you know, very exciting leading up to this week. Like I'm much more excited for this week than I was uh, a week ago with the real Super Bowl. So I'm excited to get into this and, and start talking about it with you. Yeah, likewise. Uh, really excited for this week. I'll try to make sure I don't say anything about those comparisons with the Super Bowl <laughs> of NASCAR. But it was interesting after the uh, Super Bowl ended on Sunday, everybody out came out, you know, of the woodwork on Twitter. It's our turn now. It's our turn now. So, uh, it, it's cool. To, it was cool to see some cars on the track, even though it was practice yesterday, qualifying today. So. Uh, I feel like it's going to be a great weekend. So looking forward to getting in uh, to our conversation. Absolutely. Um, and, and they are actually qualifying right now uh, as we record this. So uh, if any news breaks, we'll discuss it, uh, mm-hmm. I guess. But um, just wanted to check in with you. How have things been? Did you get a chance to check, look at the, uh, give a look to the clash in the off season, getting geared up for it or any take on how that went? Yeah. Uh, things are going well. Uh, it was a busy NFL, um, season. It was a successful season, um, with the NFL and NCAA football. So, uh, going into 22 on a high note, uh, for NASCAR, I was able to check out the clash. Um, that was cool. You know, the buildup for that, I thought from a marketing standpoint, um, uh, that they did well, uh, definitely had a lot of people that don't talk to me about NASCAR. Um, I was in different conversations about the sport when the clash was happening. Maybe it was cause it was out in LA at the LA, uh, Coliseum. I thought that was so cool. I've watched so many games, uh, football games, uh, you know, on TV as they're playing in the Coliseum, whether it's USC or a bowl game. Um, so to see a racetrack. Uh, in the Coliseum. That was crazy. And with the new car uh, debuting. So it was cool. It was, you know, I would have liked a little bit more of a dramatic finish. Uh, But, you know, it was a lot of excitement, um, pretty much from start to finish of, you know, all the heat races and last chance qualifying in the main event. So 
Um, I know a lot of the drivers teams are also trying to figure out the, uh, you know, nuances of the car and what it's going to do, what you can and can't do. So it was just really cool. I thought it was a really smart idea to get that out there. I know they have a three year potential deal, um, with that venue. So I think they'll go back out next year, but I mean, Joey Logano winning, um, the clash didn't really surprise me only because of his short, short track um abilities probably the one of the strongest if not the strongest in the sports but it's all going to change now with practice and qualifying being back for the first time in what um three years two years maybe so it's uh it definitely got my juices flowing uh for the 500 i wish just like the in years past where it went the clash and then it led right into the 500 week uh i i did miss that but here we are so i'm I'm good with uh, what we got. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, same here. I mean, I, I think the heat races are are legit. I wish we saw more of that um, mm. throughout the season. Uh, so that was a success, I would say. And the only thing that just like as a fan, I thought it was really cool. Like you said, Coliseum, I was actually watching. I saw a lot of, a lot of memes ahead of time, um, kind of ripping on it, saying like, this is just like the movie Cars. And like, I happened to be watching that movie with my daughter the other day. I was like, Oh my God, like this really is the Coliseum. (laughs) Yeah. This this is a a true meme. Uh, But you know, it really did work. And I'm anxious to see, you know, how the next couple of years, like, was it just a, a so new that like everybody loved it or like, was it actually doesn't have staying power. So we'll we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, Tough to take anything away from it, you know, uh, as far as like what these guys are actually going to bring to the table, but um, we'll see, you know what I mean? And, and you touched on practice and qualifying. I, I saw a quote today from Christopher Bell saying like in his cup career, he has not had a season where there's been full practice qualifying. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy that. to think of that. Like he feels like he's been in the league for yeah. a long time. Like what can he do? You know what I mean? In a, a practice qualifying situation. So, uh, and there's other guys like that. So, we will see, um, but we're here to talk Daytona. It's uh, it just feels so damn good. So I'll start. I'll give you the floor, you know, because I kind of went on my rant earlier, and and we have not discussed who you're leaning towards or anything. Yep. So um, what's your what's your overall strategy? You know, what's your game plan, and and who are some early uh, leans or anybody that you're going in on as far as money line to win? Uh, you know, to get things going here for us? Yeah, well, that's a good question. Uh, it's kind of funny. It, it feels like for me, my strategy changes year after year. Uh, coming into this year, uh, it's been, I've, I have a little thing on my uh, notepad that says, keep it simple. Uh, don't overthink it. You know, you can be you know, flooded with so many information. There's a lot of really good, knowledgeable podcasts out there. Uh, You can find stuff on Twitter as well. So you can just get overloaded with information, especially leading up to the race uh, this weekend. So I try to keep it precise. And I made a few notes uh, about a couple weeks ago that I was like, I kind of got my eye on three guys in particular. So I wanted to write them down because, you know, once you get flooded with all different notes about, you know, every driver, under the sun you then forget about oh yeah i had i had written down these guys before so uh, this year's keep it simple one year i did um a strategy i did was i did 10 outright picks 
um, which was fun uh, a little bit. Actually, it was the year Austin Dillon won. And, okay. uh, but you know, when the big one happened, I think I got rid of seven tickets. So, uh, <laughs> oh that God. wasn't as fun, but it, you know, it's, it's, um, it's nerve wracking, however you want to do it. But this year, uh, keep it simple. I just want to have a couple of plays, want to get the year started. I don't want to be, you know, climbing an uphill battle after this week. There's a lot of racing, uh, from all, you know, the, all the circuits, trucks, Xfinity and cup. So just keep it simple. Um, but be knowledgeable with, you know, the statistics, even though on a super speedway, it's a little bit more unpredictable. And I understand that, but, um, you can still be very knowledgeable with, uh, some of the plays and trends. So, like I said, just trying to keep it simple. Uh, you mentioned about the outright, like I was mentioning just a little bit, I have three names for you that I wrote down, um, obviously through practice and now qualifying, nothing's going to change. When we get to the duels tomorrow uh, on Thursday, there could be a little change, especially now with cars not or some teams electing not to bring a backup car down. That will really back up um, or slow the process of a team going into the weekend if they have to go into a backup for whatever reason. So uh, three names that I wrote down early on um, were Austin Dillon, who I actually just mentioned a little bit ago. Uh, right now, he's at plus 2,500 uh, on the Barstool Sportsbook. I, I prefer to use that book the most. I think I mentioned that last year. but um, So he's at 2,500 right now uh, to win the race. Uh, Christopher Bell, plus 3,000. You mentioned his name uh, just briefly about you know the lack of practice and qualifying that he's not had in his cup career. And then the final one is Austin Sindrick, uh, plus 3,000. Austin Sindrick last year, he was in contention at the end, obviously had that huge wreck. Um, last year for Bell, he fought so many issues. But uh, if you look at some of his statistics and where he was running throughout the course of the race, uh, he, was, he was really in the mix, uh, top 10 range. Um, but he had a problem late. And then Austin Dillon, uh, he finished third last year. So, uh, those are my three guys that I wrote down. Those are kind of who I'm trying to look at, dive into some of the numbers. I'm sure other guys will pop up, but those are who I'm just kind of keying on at this point. Um, like I said, just trying to keep it simple. So who are, who are some of the guys you're looking at? So I, I didn't have any of those guys, but I like the thought process of like, I kind of went, um, closer to the top of the odds board and then one like longer shot mm -hmm. you're going, all three of those guys are, are great value picks for guys who are like legitimate contenders. Um, I said to Chris, when I was on with the flag hunting podcast guys, uh, I was scared by Cindric. Uh, okay. I, I, I have a lot riding on Cindric. um, this season, I, I have a future bet for him to win a race. I have Penske's over. So I think Cindric is going to have a good year. But if there was anything to take away from the clash, I was just like totally creeped out by how out to lunch he was. Sure. Um, I, I was shocked. I really thought that he was going to be like, hey, I'm here and I'm a, a legit player. Uh, but I am giving it a couple races for him to prove that because that scared me off. It, it could be ill-advised. I don't hate that, you know, like you're saying you're, you're going to go with and win. I'm not going to knock that pick. I can see why, 
You know what I mean? Um, the other two, I didn't look at Bell that hard, but looking at him now as you're talking, there's a stat that stands out to me, and it's the running position yep. after 90% of the race is complete. All right. So this is telling you guys that are there at the end, like putting themselves in best position to win the race with 10% of the race left. And Christopher Bell in eight races is at the top of that list. His average running position with 10% left to go in the race is 8.1. That's the best of everyone. Um, better than Denny, uh, you know, better than Logano or Chase. So that's that's a guy I haven't really looked at at all. I don't have him on anything yet. Um, but I think that's a solid bet. Like, what did you say his odds were? Uh, plus yeah, he's plus 3,000 um, right now. I mean, that's that's right in the sweet spot. Like, if you're a new gambler and you're looking for somebody that's, like, longer odds and trying to get in on the fun of the big tickets, that's a good good shot right there. And he's less trendy. Um, yeah. Austin Dillon, I love Austin Dillon, uh, especially at these tracks. He's a trendy pick, you know, because he did it once before. But he does have some stats that back it up. You know, looking at that same stat, he's – uh, third, if you throw Noah Gregson out because he only ran one race. So Austin's in third place in that category in the last 10% of the race. He's 12.1 running position. Um, he's another guy who you just, you know, he puts himself there. And if he can, you know, avoid that craziness, he's a good person to have in your uh, bet slip. So I don't hate any of those picks. Um, you know, there are some guys that I, I don't like. And uh, you aren't choosing any of them. So the, the guys that I chose that I called out uh, before you hopped on, I went with Denny uh, just because I, I said I can't not do the favorite because if if the obvious happens, I'd be kicking myself. Um, and I went with Brian Blaney. Um, I really think that Blaney is going to have a big year. And I think that he's going to win a 500 soon. And so why not this year? Uh, and then the, the longer shot guy that I chose was Justin Haley. Um, he's got super speedway skill, whether it's in the cup series or Xfinity series, he has proven that he's able to ride um, and, and win races in either series. So he's going off at plus 35 and in some cases above uh, 40 to one. So um, he was my like, you know, dark horse, long shot pick. Um, and as I'm talking about him on MGM, so this is a question for you. Cause I, I've been trying to figure this out like for the last couple of weeks, there are sports books that have AJ Allmendinger running in like, at least you could take them. I don't see him in the entry list. I don't see him like looking at qualifying right now. Like he's not on this leaderboard unless I'm just blind. And I took uh, MGM has a group bet. Okay. It's Justin Haley plus 260 versus Ross Chastain, Chase Briscoe, and AJ Allmendinger. So it's essentially wow. like <laughs> one versus two guys, and yeah. you're getting plus 260. So uh, I, I don't know what's going on with this AJ Allmendinger uh, situation, unless they're going to replace that with Daniel Hemrick, but because um, they, they think that he's going to ride the 16. I don't that know. That was going to be what I was going to say. Is there? I mean, I, I don't know if they can do that since you've already. Yeah. Yeah. That. And uh, I don't know if they can put another driver in there, but yeah, no. Um, 
AJ is not racing in the cup race this weekend. Okay. So that doesn't make sense to me, but uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to try to take advantage of it, maybe a slip up there, there you go. Uh, but yeah. So any, any thoughts on mine? I know I'm kind of riding the, the top of the wave there um, with, with Ryan and Denny, but uh, any critiques to that? No, that I wouldn't slip there. I wouldn't say any critiques. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like the great unknown. I don't know really what to expect as a fan, as a gambler, what, you know, these, these guys are going to do what these cars are going to do um, this year. I don't know how much the super speedway package uh, changes from, you know, last year to this year uh, from what the early reports are. Like guys kind of felt like it's the same uh, as far as feel goes. Uh, maybe there's a little bit more handling uh, going to be this weekend, which I, I would be a fan of. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I like the pack racing, but I also like the aspect of, having the drivers work a little bit on these super speedways to kind of earn it. Um, But no, there's no, there's no critiques. I think in a new year um, going with those two guys, especially of Denny and Ryan. And I agree with you. I think Ryan's going to win a Daytona 500. He came up what a foot short uh, in 2020 and uh, is just coming off of uh, a Daytona uh, August win season finale a regular season finale win in Daytona um, in 21. So, um, and I think he's got two Talladega wins. So he is, uh, he's definitely a super speedway. um, One of the top guys right now. So I don't, I I can't critique any of that for sure, but that's kind of the joy of, you know, I got a couple guys that I didn't know where they were going to pan out odds wise. uh, When I wrote them down a couple weeks ago and they're, you know, kind of a lower tier, uh, high mid tier, I should say. And then you have a couple guys that are uh, more so the favorites, but it's a super speedway. We never, we never truly know until the end. So yeah, no critique here. You, you feel like you have such a good handle on everything. And then the race starts and you're like, Oh God, what did I do? Like, yeah. <laughs> why didn't I bet this guy? Why didn't yeah. I bet that guy? Um, so yeah, you brought up the next gen, uh, the the next gen car and and how these guys are going to handle it one thing to call out um is next gen practice at daytona the fords looked real strong mm-hmm. um the the all you called out cindric uh the penske crew looked really strong not that practice is anything just kind of like what we're saying about the clash like can you really put too much stock in it but you know it's something, some sort of data to go off of. And, and I liked seeing that, right. If you've got a guy in mind, you had Cendrick, I had Blaney, um, the, the Ford camp in general, and then they go out and they, they do it in, in this testing, you know, speed test, um, with this new vehicle, it's just something else to kind of hang your hat on and say like, okay, I feel comfortable with this bet. You know, even though we're going into to pure craziness, um, it, it makes you feel a little bit more like you're in control. So, uh, just another data point to to riff off of. Um, so yeah, that I think all of those make sense. I mean, your bets are definitely you're having a little bit more fun with this because those guys could easily win the race, and that's right. a huge ticket. Like I guess I didn't realize how big of a ticket mm-hmm. um, some of those guys were. So good, good stuff all around. So looking at any other like doesn't have to be a, a bet to win the race, but anything else that you're 
liking as far as, uh, you know, finishing position or, you know, I mentioned group bets earlier, um, prop bet, anything else you have that's kind of interesting to you at this point? I do. Yeah. Um, the final thing I'll say about Bell, and this is probably my favorite pick uh, on him uh, right now on Barstool. You can get him at plus 700 as the top finishing Toyota uh, in the race. That's probably my favorite. Huh. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that that's definitely going to be a play of mine. Uh, it was it did open up at plus 750. And then over um, last night to this morning, it changed just slightly. Um, but that's my favorite bell play uh, going into the weekend. And, you know, obviously with qualifying in the duels, it could all change again. That's just the uh, the nature of, you know, this unique week with leading up to the race. Um, so that's for Bell again, top Toyota plus 700 uh, on the Barstool sports book. And then um, a couple couple things that uh, I'm, I'm on this weekend. Uh, so remember when I was saying, you know, you don't want to crowd yourself with too much information um, that can that can always hurt. But yesterday I was watching practice and uh, Mike Choi. Um, sure he's a gambler at heart uh, he made a uh, a really interesting fact and i wanted to dive into it because i was on a play already but he said that hendrick motorsports has won the last two initial um, next gen races so gen five and gen six all were won by hendrick kyle bush won at bristol um for the car of tomorrow race and then um, Jimmy Johnson won in 2013 at the Daytona 500. So Hendrick, the last two, uh, you know, initial first gen or those gen uh, races were won by Hendrick. So you can get Hendrick right now uh, on the Barstool Sportsbook at plus 350 um, to win. You know, you have that their whole team. If anybody from their stable wins the race, you got plus 350. Um, those odds. Uh, Chevy. Uh, this is one uh, that I I know everybody's talking about the Fords and I almost feel like, you know, everybody talking about the Fords and seeing what they're doing could be the distraction of, all right, just get a little bit of a better number on Chevy uh, as a whole. So if you want to play the route of, OK, I want to have, you know, I think Chevy, a Chevy vehicle uh, or a Chevy driver is going to win uh, on Sunday. They're currently at plus 150. It's another bet uh, I really like. Um, unfortunately for any Daniel Suarez fans out there, I have an unfortunate stat for you, which I will be fading Daniel Suarez this weekend. Uh, he has crashed in six of his last seven races. So when it comes to uh, a few head to head races, I'm going to be really looking at those. Um, you know, again, history may not repeat itself, but you know, all weekend, I feel like from the media tour, um, that the, the drivers had today and, even a little bit of yesterday, some of the chatter was many of them are saying, you know, your likelihood of wrecking in this race is 70 to 80%, which is a huge number. That's mind boggling. Uh, yeah, exactly. So um, I don't really want to have, I mean, I get, I get that it's uh, you know, we talk about the big one and um, you know, wrecking is somewhat inevitable, uh, especially late in the, uh, in the race, but I don't really want my driver talking about any type of wrecks um, <laughs> mojo, but uh, anyways. Yeah. So those are some of my favorites. Another one I really like um, is a Harrison Burton play. 
again, a little bit more of a, a long shot play, but at, um, you know, for a top 10 finish, Harrison is plus 250. Um, he's got, you know, Penske power, Penske motor affiliated with them. So, um, and the Fords have been strong already. So, you know, I just need him to get a top 10 finish. We saw 10 years ago with Trevor Bain when he won, uh, or I guess it was 2011 when he won the uh, Daytona 500. He was a rookie. Harrison's a rookie now. And if Harrison has a car that's able to push a little bit more, maybe he'll find him his way up there. So uh, we'll see. Um, and then I, I, I did send this to you last night. I said, my goodness, we, we can get Ross Chastain, who, was, who opened at plus 140. We can get him right now at plus 215 uh, to finish top 10. And that's a play I absolutely love. Well, so I'm going to work backwards here to, to kind of unpack that stuff. Ross Chastain is leading qualifying as we speak. Um, then my, my app is updating, so maybe somebody beat him out, but uh, clearly had a decent run qualifying as well. So you you were on that last night. Um, I do not hate that at all. Um, he's going up against Chase Briscoe in a head-to-head matchup, so that, that could be – yeah, he is still leading qualifying um right now so there's still a few guys to go but uh interesting interesting call out because ross was not on my radar whatsoever and uh now he very much is (laughs) the the bet about hendrick you have i think solved my my anxiety here because i have been I have a free bet in on chase um, just because it's chase, mm-hmm. but the other guys I've been just like toiling with. And, you know, I was looking to, I looked hard at William Byron and like, he's going off at like plus 1500 uh, on DraftKings, And, you know, then he got Bowman uh, and I, I'm thinking to myself, man, I can remember watching these races thinking, damn, these guys are good. Like they work together well, at least in the first half of the race. Uh, But then looking at the details of their stats, they actually don't stand out to you. So I'm thinking to myself, like, how the hell, like I I need something and I don't know who to take. I'm just going to take Hendrick. Like plus 350, that's not bad. And so that way I get the whole group and, you know, I have to stress about it. So that's that's a good bet. I, I like that bet. Um you get, you know, William Byron, Chase Elliott, obviously, and, and Bowman and, and Larson, who no one really is talking about, at least no one I saw on Twitter and uh, heard on a couple podcasts so far. You know, that stable's legit. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you called out was Daniel Suarez. And I, I'm i going to throw this out there now. Actually, let me ask you this. Do you have Suarez in any sort of uh, head-to-head matchup for our face-off? I have him against Ross. Oh, okay. Then I will not, I will not uh, go any further there. Um, All right. So let's move into, uh, I guess our, our head to head face off. Um, You know, the, the name of the game here is head to head matchups for anyone who hasn't heard this segment before. uh, Derek has been on and, and I've been victorious was it twice, Derek? Do I have you two two zero, or is it just once? Yeah, no, it's it's twice. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm looking for a win. I'm glad the uh, the page changed from 21 to 22. <laughs> so, 
Fresh yeah. start. So the way this works is uh, Derek being the guest, he's going to go first. And Derek's going to pick a head-to-head matchup that's out there on a sports book. And he is going to select who he likes in that matchup. Whoever I get left with is on my team. So I will go after that to choose the second matchup and, and the second uh, pick for me. And then Derek will have the, uh, the third and final selection. So there'll be three matchups total and we will each have three drivers. So uh, we will see how the race turns out and whoever emerges uh, victorious gets the, the feather in the cap to start the year. So hopefully I'm explaining that correctly. Anything you think I'm leaving out there, Derek? No, no, you, you, uh, you said it perfectly. <laughs> All right. So without further ado, I will let you kick off the 2022 face-off uh, with the first pick. Well, I guess uh, in the show business, I guess that's what they call a, um, a good segue into our, our head-to-head you know, speak. Uh, with Ross, you know, we were just talking a little bit about him uh, versus Daniel Suarez. So I'm going to go Ross Chastain. I, again, I'm fading Daniel Suarez because of all the many, uh, just his bad luck down there in Daytona. Like I said, he had six of seven Daytona races uh, where he's had an accident. Um, I mean, the argument that you could have for him is, you know, he was in contention for a few and then got caught up in a late wreck. But when I'm looking at uh, Ross Chastain, and again, they share similar equipment. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, I really like where he where he is. He was with RCR. I'm sorry, he was with uh, Chip Ganassi last year. Similar, um, easy transition. Uh, I know they changed their name uh, for this year, but I think you know he's got a little bit of a history down uh, in Daytona, uh, past history. He really likes the track. He was saying it again in uh, media today. Uh, when they were doing their media tour, you know, he's just really comfortable. He's really uh, feeling positive about uh, going into this race weekend. And he was a guy that I, I highlighted, which is why I texted you last night. Can't believe we can get this guy at a, a, a certain number. So um, when I'm looking at those two and thinking, okay, well, this guy's known, one guy's known to be in uh, a few accidents and the other who uh, has a little bit more of aggressive, an aggressive uh, approach in Ross Chastain. I kind of like that on the super speedway. Um, and I'll, I'll, you know, take his side all day. So I'm going to go Ross in this matchup. Uh, what do you think about you getting, uh, Daniel Suarez? I, I absolutely hate it. Um, I, this is an absolute dunk from you on this one. Uh, you are taking full advantage of the first overall pick. This is, there's no way, uh, I mean, obviously I'm trying to give you the reverse jinx, but th- there's, there's no way this misses in my mind. Like, really, I'm not just saying that um, I, I have, this is, I guess, what, what book are you seeing this on this one? Uh, uh, I in it on, I had it written down from Barstool uh, okay. on Tuesday. So they've got it, Like if you, I am fully bought in, there are guys that you like, and then there are guys that you want to fade. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to, this is a segue to who I'm going to go with my pick. But if you wanted to buy in on fading Daniel Suarez, you could do it all over the damn place. Like Barstool, you have 
that pick against him. They also have Corey LaJoy against Daniel Suarez, which I think is just as good as uh, as the, the Ross Chastain pick because Corey is the underdog in that matchup. And Corey comes to play on these super speedway matches. Like, that, there's no way. Like, if you got a guy who can't finish a race in, in Daniel Suarez versus Corey LaJoy, like, come on. That, that's also – and then they also have him going up against uh, – on, on MGM – they have him going up against Chase Briscoe, who I don't know anything about uh, super speedways, but if you really wanted to fade Suarez, assuming that he's just going to knock himself out early, the, the opportunity is there for you. So um, whether you, you want to fade him because of what we're saying or you just don't like the 99 team, uh, that is there. So great pick. I, I have to applaud you there. You are definitely putting me up against the wall here. Um, my one and only selection is going to be another guy that I'm fading. And I mentioned a matchup with this person on the flag hunting pod, but I'm going with a different matchup specifically for my uh, pick here tonight. So the guy that I'm fading is Ricky Stenthouse jr. And Mm. um, I just don't see it with Ricky. And, you know, the trying to find the guy I'm going to take so I can rip off his stats right now. But Ricky is someone who I I feel like is an enigma. Like he has this aura or has everybody thinking like every time we go to Talladega and Daytona, the media and NASCAR Twitter and and the gambling world is like, oh, well. You know, if you go on Reddit, you'll, you'll hear people say like, well, Ricky Stenhouse is, is plus, you know, 31 to plus 3,100. Like, why wouldn't you take Ricky? He, he's, a, he's a super speedway guy. He's not. Okay. He won once at Daytona and it was a summer race. Um, since that win, he's just garbage. Okay. So for the sake of, of an exclamation point here, I just want to read off. Ricky Stenhouse's finishes at Daytona since he won in the summer race of 2017. All right. So starting with next year's 2018, 500, 29th, 17th, 13th, 24, 20, 32, 18, 22. Now that's not horrible. Like, especially for a single car shop now, but when you're supposed to be this, like, super speedway guy that's trash right so i'm not i'm not buying in on the ricky stenhouse uh thing he'll be up there and he'll be leading laps you know and i think he's led a lap in almost well no actually the last three races he hasn't led a lap but before that he's led in every race so he's going to be up there they will be talking about it but he will crash and the guy i have him going up against is chris pusher i called chris out earlier on uh, my part of the pod Derek as a top 10 pick. He's plus 100 uh, to finish in the top 10. Chris Busher finishes races. He is, he's a five out of the last 10. He's finished in the top 10. All right. The last two times he raced at Daytona, he had, he got DQ'd in the summertime. So I don't even know what he actually finished, but he got DQ'd after the race, but completed it. All right. And, and led some, uh, laps in that as well. 
And then last year's 500, he got knocked out early uh, in, I think, what was the, the big rat on lap 14. Other than that, he finishes races, man. And that's what I need here going up against Ricky Stenhouse because he's Ricky Stenhouse. And he's going to do something to piss someone off, and then he's going to, you know, get turned. So I'm rolling with Busher over Stenhouse uh, in my pick. I need this one to hit to make up for um, being behind the eight ball. What are your thoughts? I know I'm, I'm laying it on thick, so anything to, to comment on there. No, you're good. Actually, um, I perked up a little bit when you said I was getting Ricky Stenhouse. That is a strong matchup. Um, the books did a good job in putting those two guys together. Um, uh, oddly enough, having Ricky Stenhouse, I was in Daytona uh, in his pit box, believe it or not, for his win in 2017. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, believe you're it or not. You're kidding me. No, dead serious. Yeah, so the last race I went to um, – my wife and I went down to Daytona. We caught the uh, uh, both the Xfinity and the uh, Cup Series race. I have a, a friend of mine that works uh, for Roush Fenway, and um, so we got we got hooked up with some uh, uh, pit passes, and we were in his box watching the race. So it was crazy um, knowing that he won when we were there. So uh, I got a little history, if if you will, on my side with him. Uh, definitely again, like I was just saying about Ross, you know, definitely an aggressive racer. Um, they are, they did pair down the one team this year with, uh, uh, Ryan priest leaving the team. So I don't know, you know, with a new car and, and again, him being the only, uh, vehicle in that stable, um, this year, I kind of like that fresh, um, you know, brand new, I think he just got married. So, you know, he's got some good things going for him off the track. So, uh, I'm happy with I'm happy with that pick. I uh, again, I just said, you know, maybe 20 minutes ago about how I'm I'm going to be going uh, team Chevy this week. So you gave me another Chevy um, that I can look forward to cheering on. So, again, that's a really good matchup. It'll be tight. You, I am with you. Um, Busher does finish races. Um, so, you know, he finished. Well, he did finish third getting through that wreck in in August. But like you said, was DQ'd to, to last, but um, yeah, I think, I think I like that. I like that play on my end uh, a lot. So I'm, I'm all for it. I think that'll be a fun one to watch. Wow. So I will tell you this, if I had any idea that you were on his pit box, the, the time that he won his one and only race at Daytona, I never would have tempted fate with this one. Uh, so I, I do not feel confident there after that. I, I was flying high until you dropped that bomb on yeah. me. So uh, well done playing a uh, little bit of poker here and, and your, uh, your stone face did it here. So great job. So who are you going to, who are you going to put the nail in the coffin with here for me? Uh, who's your last pick in the face off? Yeah, so I'm going to go uh, with a guy that uh, if you'd go check out my Twitter uh, at Picks by Blaze, I put him out there in a head to head matchup where you could go on and vote just to kind of get a couple, uh, you know, differing opinions. Um, but I'm going to go with Austin Dillon, who right now is minus 115 versus Eric Almirola. This is Eric Almirola's last Daytona 500, um, you know, with Stuart Haas and in his career. Uh, as of now, with Greg Biffle back, you never know. You can, I guess you can never say never uh, as a driver, but this is his last year uh, with that team. So, 
uh, Austin Dillon uh, in a head-to-head matchup against uh, Eric Almirola. I went back the last seven um, Daytona 500. So Austin leads five to two in that series. Uh, he has one win. Uh, we all remember it was actually Eric Almirola that he took out uh, going into turn three to get that win in 2018. Um, Austin also has a better average uh, driver rating uh, at 79.7 versus Eric's, who's 69.3. So that gave uh, a nice edge that I was finding as well. And then he's got more top 10 uh, finishes at three to two. So uh, all across the board, I really like, um, you know, the play of Austin Dillon this week. Um, But I really like uh, one of my key reasoning for is when they were doing the next gen test, the gen seven right now, the team, um, the sole team really that developed this car from the Chevy side that had their hands on everything. Uh, when you go to look at the engines, when you have the cars built, it's RCR. And so all the teams, Hendrick and uh, you know, some of the other Chevy makes, they've had to go to RCR, get the information as they're sharing, but RCR has led that develop uh, that development. I heard it on Dale Jr.'s uh, podcast when he had Austin and the head uh, of Chevy on there and they were talking about it a couple months ago and it just was fascinating to me to hear they are all hand, you know the hands on deck um, kind of their they, it's in their house so I feel like they're gonna I feel like they're really gonna be strong this weekend and I like that matchup um, regardless so um, so I'll, I'm gonna go Austin Dillon at minus 115 and I'll give you Eric Almarola. I like your pick. I, I like Austin this weekend for all the reasons that you said. Um, he He's just a guy who stands out at these races. So if I'm looking at Amarola and I'm trying to, to dig into this here um, as to why he might be able to pull it off, the only case that I'll make here is that it's not like they're that far off. Um, head-to-head at Daytona, the last five races, Amarola has the three, two edge uh, as far as finishing position goes. Um, so there's that you mentioned how, you know, top tens uh, three to two is the, mm-hmm. is the uh, stat there, but Amarola only, ha- only has nine starts. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, if you take that into consideration, maybe it's a, a little even, you know, three, three, if he, if, you know, he had that extra start. Um, he clearly has the ability. I think he's got a Talladega win. I could be wrong. Uh, but I, I think he has super speedway magic in him. I think that if he was aware of him being in this matchup, right? If, if Al- Eric Amarola somehow was listening to this conversation and knew that he was matched up against Austin Dillon in this I think that he would actually be busting his ass to beat Austin Dillon because of what happened in that 2016 or whatever that was, 2018 uh, Daytona. That was an epic ending, and Dillon just dumped him. Like, that was so messed up. But you got to do what you got to do, and I think that's kind of the the agreed-upon thing. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, Almarola has to hate Austin Dillon for that, right? Like, they're – Years could go by and you're still the guy who, who just wrecked me to to right. steal my 500 win. So I think uh, if they were aware of this matchup, I think I'd have a, a better shot. But 
uh, as they run on Sunday. I think this one, I have a much better shot of, of winning this one uh, than the Suarez uh, Ross Chastain pick. So mm-hmm. I'm not as scared of it as I am your first pick, but I think overall it was a good selection. So um, props to you for, for a solid faceoff. And then to, to counter my pick, uh, you got me spinning. So well done. So to, to recap here, for those not keeping score at home, we've got the first matchup. Derek has Ross Chastain. I have Daniel Suarez. In the second matchup, Derek has Ricky Stenhouse Jr. And I have Chris Busher. And in the final matchup, Derek has Austin Dillon. And I have Eric Almarola. So my buddy Nick will be thrilled that I have uh, Amarola in South Florida. He's a South Florida guy, yeah. you know, Central yeah. Florida. So home, home track, we I guess. Uh, <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll see what comes out. I'll throw that, you know, bad Photoshop graphic out there on Instagram, throw poll up, see who people like, uh, and we'll see what happens on Sunday. So great stuff. You definitely came to play with this one. I'm, uh, I'm impressed. So. Any other thoughts on the the 500 at all? Um, you know, we kind of covered most of it. I know we, we could get into some Xfinity or, or truck talk here in a second, but before we shut the book on the 500, any other, you know, last minute things to mention? Uh, it's a good question. Um, you know, the only other thing from a cup standpoint, uh, and I know you pointed this out on uh, Instagram, I believe, uh, which oddly enough, I was working on a similar project. Um, but we kind of, uh, you, you obviously mentioned it and I was thinking it as well. So, uh, the Bush clash curse. Um, and if anybody hasn't seen it, go check out what Phil was saying in the last couple of years, I forget how many years you highlighted, but I've always felt like there's a little bit of a curse there with whoever wins the Bush class clash. I tend to fade them throughout the year. Um, and so, you know, Ryan Blaney up against uh, Logano in a matchup I like. Um, Blaney's obviously – they're both really strong and coming from the same stable, but um, that's just something throughout the year I think I'll be paying a little bit more attention to. Um, it's funny, you know, we want our drivers to win. I'm a Chase fan and want Chase to win as many races as he can, but when it comes to the clash, uh, I don't want him to win that race because of the history that I've seen. So last year when he and Blaney wrecked at uh, the road course and uh, this year wasn't really a factor, um, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens uh, going forward. But I'm, I'm, I'm really curious. Uh, I don't think the duels are going to tell us what the 500 is going to do. I think, like I mentioned earlier, with some of these guys, uh, the teams having their backup cars in North Carolina, which is crazy to say. Um, I think they're going to be very protective of their vehicles. I think they're going to try to get a feel for what their cars are going to do in the draft, but I don't think tomorrow uh, on Thursday is an illustration of what the 500 is going to be. So there's just a lot of unknowns um, and it might be something, you know, you you're taking Ryan and Denny as two, you know, two of the favorites that might be the play this year. Um, there might not be um, that underdog or um, you know, driver that kind of comes out of nowhere uh, and steals it. So I'm really, I'm really interested, but once tomorrow happens, I'll have a better idea of what plays I want to go with, but 
Uh, definitely going to do the Chevy ones, the Austin Dillon and uh, Christopher Bell, uh, as well as Cindric. I'm going to keep giving him a little bit of a look. But Derek, let me ask you a question. You mentioned yeah. the backup cars being in North Carolina. I hadn't heard that. So were there specific teams that left their cars there? And oh, yeah. and what, what are some uh, of the names of the teams that did that? Uh, yeah, I figured you would ask me that. I know there's a, a handful of teams. Uh, some of the lower tier teams, they brought their backup cars just from a cost standpoint of flying uh, team members home and having a car, um, you know, get hauled down to North or to Daytona from North Carolina. Uh, pretty sure the big name teams only have one vehicle, uh, Gibbs, HMS, wow. um, Stuart Haas, and uh, Penske was the other one. So again, those are the four biggest players uh, in our sport and uh, they all elected. Now, nobody, you know, you can call me out on Twitter if I'm wrong about that with one team, but um, yeah, it, it was, it was interesting here. It's been a little bit of a topic of conversation, but it'll really be a topic of conversation if, yeah, um, when it happens if yesterday, if tomorrow something happens where teams is forced to do that. I mean, we saw back in 2000, Dale Jarrett won the Daytona 500 and he wrecked about 10 minutes before the, uh, what was happy hour, the final practice before the race. So, uh, all his guys worked day, uh, until the garage closed and then early that morning, uh, in getting that car ready and he ended up winning the race. So it's going to be really interesting uh, for these teams and how they prepare. And I will say from a, a gambling perspective, if anybody has to go to a backup car, that is a, uh, it's a driver, that's a car that you want to fade because I've heard nothing, but we don't want to go to that backup car that's up in North Carolina. It's not ready. It's not prepared. Uh, and parts and pieces are uh, obviously uh, backed up that they're having to do uh, different situations like this. So just keep that in mind uh, if we get into this weekend where cars are having to go do a little bit of a backup. That That is great info. I hadn't seen that. And so two things. That changes my perspective of the duels. Um, mm -hmm. I have just been under the assumption like, yeah, who gives a shit if they wreck? Like mm -hmm. they, these backup cars are just as strong. The fact that this has to happen now. I will be watching the duels with bated breath. Uh, that's appointment television for me now, as opposed to what it was just 10 minutes ago. And I have to go on a quick rant here because I, and, and you can, you know, check me with, with what you think of this, but this to me is mind boggling. So you're saying that they're leaving their cars in North Carolina. The question, you know, aside from the stuff that we're talking about, the question is like, why, why are they doing that? You're saying the cars aren't ready. Okay. Then it's the, why aren't they ready? I feel like these teams are now trying to cut costs as best they can and forcing every one of these teams to fly cross country to LA to race in an exhibition race in a track shorter than any other track that they can't, you know, really use that setup or that vehicle or whatever again, and then fly all the way back, all those guys, they have, this must be a like reaction to that, right? Like they're, they're, I felt like that whole thing was a big money suck on these teams because they're not getting paid or any money from NASCAR to be there and, and doing that. They got to fund themselves. And 
I, I can't imagine why you wouldn't bring a backup car unless it was to save money from all that huge trip that you just had two weeks earlier. I mean, am I wrong in, in feeling this way or um, do you think there's something to it? No, I don't think you're wrong. I think a major part of it was the part shortages and you know, it's, it's at least that's what they're alluding to. I agree with you, um, you know, from a cost element, why would you send all these teams out or why would the teams want to go out to LA uh, cross country and tear up some stuff, brand new stuff. I know we're trying to get a feel for this new car, um, but that costs a lot of money for these teams. I know it's a short track car versus a super speedway car. Um, but everything I was reading was because of a part shortage and these teams this year, every team, uh, every make is getting it from the same vendor. So um, obviously this will, you know, evolve over time where teams are, um, you know, gaining a little bit of an edge through how they uh, put a car together, but everybody's getting the same parts and pieces. And this was just to kind of help eliminate that. Now you have your, you know, big name teams that can fly, you know, the, the airports right behind the track, they can fly home. Uh, somebody can put it on a little truck and bring it, you know, sure. to the car to the race. But um, it's interesting. It really, there's really not a lot of room for improvement. Um, you know, we talk about crashes, but what happens if a tire blows? It, you know, beats up the fenders and just destroys the car. Well, uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens now. Um, so it kind of brings a little bit more drama going into the weekend. But I don't think your your rant there, if we want to call it that, uh, is is wrong. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I that sheds a lot more light onto it. So I really appreciate that that knowledge and that info because that's big. That's big for any game we're heading into this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're listening to this after the duels and you haven't placed any bets yet, uh, you're in good shape. You can kind of look up, see who got into some trouble, and uh, make your bets wisely. So yeah. Well done there. Good stuff. Um, so any looking at the other series, we got Saturday and, and Friday night racing. Um, any thoughts on either of those two races before we wrap it up here? Well, that's a good question. Uh, it's interesting. You know, the last few years, um, there have been less and less, uh, you know, regular cup series drivers entering uh, the Xfinity I think after Kyle Busch's accident really put a, a reason for that's why we don't go down to that series and race super speedways. So I get it. So there's a lot of names that are changing a lot of, uh, you know, drivers, even switching coming up the rank. So I'm, I'm really focused uh, on, you know, some of the experience. Uh, Noah Gregson is, is one guy that was in the championship four and we talked about him uh, at the end of Phoenix last year that, you know, he comes in with a, with a win in, in Xfinity at Daytona. Uh, I'll be interested to see what he does out of the, um, uh, junior motorsports stable. Um, so, you know, when it comes to some of the names, there's a lot of unknowns. Um, so that's one of those races where I'm looking forward to just watching. Um, but I'll definitely be betting on it in some way once maybe practice and kind of get a feel for it. But the trucks last year, you were, you were the truck master with calling out all these head to head. So I, I know I texted you. I'm looking forward to hearing what some of your, uh, your knowledge is that you're going to share with us this year uh, regarding the truck series and, and Xfinity as well. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say a little bit about those two series. So, I mean, I appreciate the, 
the the pump and the tires there on the truck series. I mean, I just love it so much. And, you know, I feel like maybe the books aren't usually watching as closely as a, as someone who really does uh, enjoy it. So um, I just feel like it, it's an opportunity there for people. Um, I'll start with Xfinity because I only have just one thought there. And, and I, I think um, I haven't seen head to head matchups yet for that. Uh, but AJ Allmendinger stands out to me. He's got four races in Xfinity and uh, you know, two of them were top fives. So AJ, you know, the fact that I was asking a little bit ago, like, where is he uh, in the truck series? Cause I thought that, you know, that's where we would see him because uh, he's good enough to be there, quite frankly. And, you know, that is a, a bit shocking to me that they have Daniel Hemrick in that ride instead of AJ. But if you look at AJ's last two Daytona races, he finished second mm-hmm. in the 2021 summer race and he finished fifth in the whatever the equivalent is, the Daytona 500 for Xfinity. So um, fifth and second. He's got it, you know, he's got that momentum and uh, his odds, trying to pull them up real quick. He was plus 750. I guess I didn't realize he was the uh, the favorite. I thought I saw him at plus 1000. Um, but AJ to me is a, an obvious play. And then, you know, Ty Gibbs just signed yeah. on to, to run full uh, full time. And that dude, there's there's something special about him, man. And he's going off at 10 to one plus 1000. So I, I don't know anything about his history. I don't even know if he has history on super speedways, but he just seems like a winner, like really. So uh, he's someone that I would give a look to, but um, yeah, Gregson, like you said, I, I wouldn't shy away from him either. If you uh, were a fan of his, or you did a little bit more research uh, on him, the trucks, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for the trucks Friday night lights. It's, it's going to be great. Um, I'm so anxious to see Matt to in the truck series. He's going off at 12 to one on DraftKings. Uh, that I think is worth it. The stats to take away, or, or I guess the thought process that I have about the trucks is don't get cute. If you're looking to pick winners, on the truck series this weekend. Don't get cute because if you look at the latest truck series winners at Daytona, you had, and they only race once a year. Okay. It's always the first and they don't go back in the summertime. Ben Rhodes. Well, he went on to win the championship. Big name, right? Grant Enfinger, big name. Austin Hill went on to win the championship. Big name. Johnny Sauter, huge name. Kaz Grala. Okay. You know, I guess he's kind of like this and that Johnny Sauter again, Tyler Reddick, Kyle Busch, Johnny Sauter. Like these are big names. So don't go taking the Haley Deegans. Uh, don't go taking Tyler Ankrum or, or Ty Majeski. No, you're, you're going to want the Matt DiBenedetto's, the Zane Smiths, Chandler Smiths. Those are John Hunter Nemechek. I mean, he's the favorite. But, you know, you want to keep it to those bigger names. Maybe not John Hunter as the favorite uh, because it is a super speedway and anything can happen. So I, I really like the Smiths, you know, Zane and Chandler um, and Matty D. I mean, I want to see, I have faith in him that he's going to emerge down there as a heavy hitter. And if he doesn't, you know, if he gets off to a poor start this weekend, I'm, I'm just going to be shaking my head. Um, they do have head to heads for the trucks right now on Barstool and they've got John Hunter versus Grant Infinger. Just my gut. I would take John Hunter. 
Matty D versus Chandler Smith. I'm going to go Matt DiBenedetto on that one. Um, I mean, the guy almost got it done in a cup series. So going down a trucks, like you should be able to, to be there. Um, ben Rose versus Zane Smith. Uh, I love Zane Smith. He won me so much money last year. So I'll go with Zane and I'll put these out there. I'm just kind of riffing right now. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at them as well. The, the Stuart Friesen, Riley Hurst, that's a no play for me. I'm not, I'm not touching that. Uh, if I had to gun the head, I would probably go Riley Hurst, um, but I'm not touching it. And then Austin Hill and Kristen Eckes. I'm going to look hard on that one. I lean Austin Hill, but uh, I want to do a little bit more digging into that one. So these are kind of gut reactions, less research, but I'll try to put some more effort into it now that the head heads are now available. And uh, when I put my, my screenshots out there on the Insta stories or whatever, uh, you can trust that they will have some, um, you know, momentum behind it or some research behind it. So I'm excited. I'm excited for the trucks. <laughs> if you can't tell. No, I, I like it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Friday night lights. You said that perfectly. Yeah. And there's nothing better. And to, to see these guys get after it. And um, the, the, the one guy that I'm interested in seeing I mentioned how you don't want to get cute. Carson Hosever really impressed me last year. And he is going off at plus 2000. So I guess, you know, if you wanted to debate me, you could say, well, he's technically uh, getting cute with it or, or trying to pick someone outside the, the beaten path. But I think years from now, he'd, he'd be a big name. You know what I mean? I think this dude, he's a young kid. He's got what it takes to, to be a, a driver in this series and beyond so um i would i would not shy away from him either um so just some, um, some quick takes <laughs> I'm, I'm writing his name down now just to uh, uh keep an eye on it like you said he's um what'd you say he was plus 2000 plus 2000 yeah and, and he might you know it might be just a name to just kind of keep in your back pocket throughout the season right like anything's going to happen at at a track like this but i think carson is uh a, a force. I think he's going to continue to grow and, and just get better. So um, I don't know much about his super speedway experience, but as a driver, I think he's much like Ty Gibbs, right? Ty proving at a different level. Uh, but Carson's much younger. I mean, this kid is, is very young and, and he was getting it done last year, top 10 in people to death. So uh, I could see that if they start putting out those things like top 10, I don't see that as an option. Um, but when they do, I would be looking at, you know, what are their odds on, on that? So anyway, I will, uh, yeah, default to you. Any other closing, uh, remarks here for the Daytona episode? No, I think we, uh, I think we really touched on it. Um, and, you know, looking forward to the race, uh, obviously like so many, uh, if anybody's tuning in right now, you're obviously looking forward to it from a, uh, fan perspective and a gambling perspective. So I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm glad that the season's getting ready to kick off starting really tomorrow with the duels and then the trucks and Xfinity and, and then cup. So uh, I'll be posting, you know, all my plays will be out on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can also catch me on the action network. Uh, I'll have plays posted there as well. So uh, really looking forward to getting the season going. Good stuff. Action Network. That's yeah. uh, I, I didn't realize that. I think when I let off the uh, the podcast that you were were associated with betting pros before, but 
moved over to Action Network. So I apologize for the uh, the, the misread there. No, you're, no, no misread. Uh, just helping out in um, uh, alongside of doing some stuff with betting pros. So okay, all right, great. Uh, yeah, so great stuff. To, uh, putting out more content as uh, much as I can. Awesome. Well, Derek, uh, this has been great. You know, I appreciate when you're able to to jump on, and uh, it is really fun to bounce these things off you. And um, good luck in the face-off this week at Daytona, and we'll we'll see who comes out the uh, victor here. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me, Phil. I appreciate it. Good luck this weekend. All right. You too. Well, that will do it for another episode of the Full Tank with Phil podcast. It's Daytona, baby. Get out there. Place those bets. Thanks again for Derek for coming on. You can find him on Action Network, bettingpros.com, and at PicksByBlaze on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks to him. Follow us on Instagram at Full Tank Phil. Take a look at that head-to-head matchup we have for the face-off. Remember, drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next time in California. Place to go. Have no place to go. Have no place to go. Good.